All right, everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Apple Circle podcast for 2022. We got a new year. We've got a, a new exciting list of products to talk about, but uh, new year, new us, but no new news. It <laughs> seems like the tech drought is always bad in January, but this year in particular, there's nothing going on in the news yeah. but matt and i uh we have our list of uh, predictions for the year we've got a lot to talk about uh so we'll get into that in a second but first matt uh welcome to 2022 uh how's your apple life going you see any <laughs> tidbits of news that have been inter interesting or uh just you know killing time until some new rumor comes out pretty much killing time until something comes out uh new year holidays time was good and then i caught covid so you can hear it in my voice that i'm a little i actually feel fine but you know, it's all congested and everything. So ignore all of that parts of uh, the COVID lifestyle now. Uh, how was your, you know, break? I don't it know, was did you even have a break? Very... I know you're planning. If you look behind in the video version, if you look behind, you could see all the baby stuff. That's yeah, coming my, up quick. My break was uneventful. My wife is nine months pregnant. Her, like, due date is, like, a few days from now. So my office has been transformed to a nursery. So it's sort of this uh, half office uh, mostly nursery stuff, and uh, we couldn't really stray too far, so it was it was nice. Just took a couple days and just sort of relaxed and uh, watched some TV, and that was about it. Not a whole lot going. I was kind of nice to sort of disconnect for a couple of days and not come in here and sit on these monitors and think about Apple stuff. It was kind of nice to take a break <laughs> exactly. from like mentally thinking about Apple. But today, Matt, we're not doing that because we've got a whole lot to talk about. But first, Back in we want to hear from you guys. If you guys have thoughts and predictions about Apple in 2022, we're going to go through everything we're expecting to see this year. If you have thoughts on the leaks, rumors, what you'd like to see, let us know by texting us at the Apple Circle hotline. That number is 949-354-3508. You can tweet us. We're the Apple Circle on Twitter. You can comment on the YouTube videos if you're watching the video version of this podcast. And if you didn't know, yes, there's a video version on YouTube. Just search the Apple Circle podcast. A YouTube channel and you'll find us because uh, we want to hear from you guys and sort of uh, all geek out over Apple news together. So Matt, I think we've compiled a list of like 15 products we're expecting Ooh. to see launch this year. This is going to be a huge year for Apple. And before yeah. we even get into this, sort of just glancing at this list, in my mind, this is one of the biggest years I think in at least the past, what, five, 10 years? I mean, everything is like on the up and up for Apple, just past that $3 trillion market uh, valuation, got a lot of new products. What are your sort of general thoughts on Apple as we move into the new year? Well, I mean, yeah, it, when we look at this list, which we're gonna go through, the, I mean, there's a lot of new stuff. And I think more importantly, Obviously, every year we expect updates to most of these products, but the difference now is that these are going to be big updates. Like, and we don't really know what to expect exactly. Some of them, yeah, we have really good rumors, but some of them we just we just don't. So, yeah, really excited. I think a good place to start. We're going to kind of chunk this into different sections with what we're going to see in the spring, what we're going to see in the summer, and then later in the fall. Um, so, spring. I mean, I think this might be the biggest event of the year. I mean, in my mind, it's going back between spring event and like WWDC just because of what they possibly could announce there. But in terms of like what we really do expect and the rumors are really, uh, you know, nailing it home spring event looks like it's going to be a huge one, like a really big one. So what are we going to see? So there's a couple of things here. I guess first let's start with maybe the most minor updates, then go to the biggest stuff. So what we could see either at the spring event or sometime in the spring time frame is what we've talked about before. That's the iPhone SE 3. We saw this released in the spring of 2020. I don't know if the one before that, the original SE, I mean, that was that one came out years ago. I don't know if that was a spring event or not, but if Apple sort of follows what they've done in the last few years, we could see this launch in the spring. And of all the things we're going to talk about today, this is probably going to be the most minor update because we're not expecting any big changes to design. We're not really expecting any big changes to the camera. It's really just going to be a matter of internal improvements. So 5G support should be coming. Uh, we should hopefully see a better single camera system, maybe better smart HDR processing, and maybe a better uh, physical camera in terms of hardware in there as well. We should be seeing... Um, the same design on the outside, same iPhone 8 style, basically a really great iPhone for like what, $399, even if you can get that on sale for cheaper or for free through the carrier, a really great low cost iPhone option. But uh, out of everything today, probably the most underwhelming. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I guess let's get that out of the way because that's I agree. It's underwhelming. It's kind of boring. It is what it is. We, we kind of know what to expect there. What are you most excited for that we think we're going to see at this? Maybe not this event, but in the springtime. Like, who knows? Like you said, it could be split up into a bunch of different. I, um, yeah. I don't know because every my opinions are split. I think the main category I'm excited for, and I think what is going to be the theme of Apple Spring is new Apple Silicon Max. Yeah. And what's so cool about this is that it's not just new Apple Silicon with the M2, but it's like some big redesign. So I guess for me, like my most exciting, well, I don't know. There's a product that I'd like to buy that I don't need just because I think it would be cool. <laughs> then there's a product that I actually want to buy because I'd use it. So I guess first thing, like my dream thing, like I just would love an extra laptop because I'm just unnecessary <laughs> like that. I would love this new 13-inch uh, MacBook Air. This is expected yeah. to get a nice... Uh, redesign. It's going to be more industrial, boxy edges, squared off corners. One of the biggest redesigns we've seen to the MacBook Air in quite some time. And basically everything is new here. New design. Um, we could see a mini LED display. That was a rumor. Not sure if that's going to happen, but that was a rumor. Uh, we'd have that notch style design. We have a new webcam. We'd have the M2 processor inside. We'd have colors. Um, I just have like this fantasy of like having this Mac that I could take around with me anywhere I go. Even though I do have the MacBook Pro laptop, I could do that with. It just always stays docked. So I have like this idea of this MacBook Air. And to me, I don't need something super crazy powerful. I just need something portable with a really great keyboard and display. And this just seems to check all the boxes. I'm excited for that. Yeah, no, me too. I'm, I'm completely excited for this. And I think the main thing I'm excited for is it seems like this is going to be the first time in a really long time that Apple is going back to like, okay, what does air actually mean? What, what can we do with this naming scheme and make this, you know, the MacBook Air rather than just the most affordable laptop? Because, you know, from all accounts, this is not going to be the most affordable laptop. It's going to be like around 1100, 1200 bucks. Still not super expensive in the grand scheme of things compared to other Apple products, but you know, more expensive than it is now. So with that extra price increase and this redesign, like what could Apple really do now that they're in charge of every single part? I'm excited for that. I think this is going to be a really good laptop. And I think it's probably, I think it's going to sell a lot, especially if it does come in the colors, which is rumored. Those colors, I think, along with the new design, this is going to sell like hotcakes. I mean, the MacBook Air is already like the de facto laptop for everyone. And maybe another product might replace it in a second. We'll get to that in a minute. But first... MacBook Air, I mean, yeah, colors, new design, M2 processor. I mean, the M1 is already very powerful. You could do video editing. You could do photo editing. You could surf the web really easily. The M2 should be, rumor has it, marginally better. So at least some some nice improvements in their great battery life. This seems uh, like a really great laptop that I'm excited for. I guess in the vein of laptops, there's another laptop that we've discussed before. And I think our theory still, or I guess maybe your theory still holds true here. And that is that, uh, according to Mark Ehrman, the 13-inch MacBook Pro is sticking around. Now, yeah. Apple sort of like shoved this thing in a corner recently because they don't <laughs> really promote it because there's the new 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pros. But remember, this is the one that has the M1 chip, but it's also got the touch bar. It's got the older design. It's got, um, you know, sort of the, I don't know if the keyboard's that much different on the newer one, but it's got sort of that older keyboard. It's the older MacBook Pro, not a bad machine, but it sort of is not as current, modern, or powerful as the newer MacBook Pros. And if uh, Gurman is correct and this sticks around, we've sort of thought about before, theorized what this could be. And I think what we've discussed before makes sense is that maybe this doesn't receive a new design, but maybe it does receive the M2. And then Apple sort of slots this down in pricing, if you go at enterprise or you go education, as like the new like 899 or 999 machine because it doesn't have the better display. It doesn't have uh, sort of the newer design and some of the newer characteristics, but it is a really good sort of mass market laptop for those buying hundreds or thousands of these in bulk for schools or for enterprise use. Um, if Apple keeps it around, that is, seems to make the most sense to me. Matt, thoughts on this? I know we sort of talked about this before. Any uh, new use cases you could think of for this older 13-inch MacBook Pro? No, I mean, yeah, that that all still makes sense, and I, I, I still pretty much agree with that. It seems like it's going to kind of slot into the most affordable uh, slot. And we did actually get a question here that we could talk about from YouTube. So if you leave a comment on YouTube, we will uh, 
take those as questions as well, not just to the hotline. But this is from Mr. Forrest. He says he works at a large organization which uses the Intel MacBook Pros right now. And many users, according to him, will never use the M1 MacBook Pro Power, the performance that it gives. So the current prices for the Pro and the Max, the you know, the 14 inch and 16 inch laptops for the MacBook Pro, that just can't be justified. So keeping around this, you know, M2 MacBook Pro or whatever this is, um, still giving you a, maybe a little bit of ports and maybe a bigger screen, that would be a great way to go. That's what he's saying. Um, I, I think that's basically what this is. Like right now, the MacBook Air is in that slot. Now the MacBook Pro is going to be in that slot. Yeah. I don't even know if it's worth it for Apple to like rename it. I still think naming this like the MacBook makes the most sense. Like this is just the basic computer. Remember back in the day when they had the plastic MacBook mm-hmm. and that was just the basic MacBook. You want the cheapest you can get. It's plastic. I mean, you're not going to be showing off with this necessarily, but you're still getting all the great things that you get with an Apple laptop. I feel like this is that. It just it still rubs me the long, wrong way that this is going to be called a MacBook Pro. And I think it's not going to be. I, I agree. I think that this is going to be something that's maybe an off-menu item. Maybe it just exists on Apple Online. That would make a lot more sense. And that's just sort of there for customers who need it, uh, but are not, uh, you know, looking for the latest and greatest or don't need to spend that kind of money. And sort of for the regular consumer, go MacBook Air. You won't be disappointed. Um, another Apple product we should see at the spring event possibly is this new iMac Pro. Now, this is something that. I don't need, but I want because it seems like it's going to be a really great machine. So as the MacBook Pro sort of checks all the boxes on the mobile front, it's got the ports, it's got the notch, it's got the mini LED display, it's got the power of the M1 Pro or M1 Max. It's great, but for those who want that power in a more desktop functionality or like something a little bit more permanent and with a bigger display, that is where the iMac Pro is going to come in and sort of solve all of your problems. So rumor has it with this one, you're looking at a 27-inch ProMotion mini LED display. So a really great display, bright, vibrant, colorful. That's also got the 120 hertz sort of variable refresh rate tech built in. That should be super cool. Um, Lots of ports on the back. I think it's like a mix of USB-C, SD cards that I think USB-A to, maybe 10 gig ethernet. That would be super nice. And then powering this under the hood would be either the M1 Pro the M1 Max, or sort of your choice. Like the MacBook Pro, you have either the M1 Pro or M1 Max. Basically, just think the guts of the MacBook Pro in an iMac that has a larger display, better display, and should be all around a really great uh, computer. There have been like some weird theories on the design of this. Some say that Apple is just going to make the 24-inch iMac bigger, maybe make it space gray and call it a day and call that the iMac Pro. Well, there have been other rumors that suggest that there's going to be a bigger redesign here. Like it's going to look like a little mini Pro Display XDR. It's going to have sort of a wider aspect ratio, super slim bezels. I'd love to see that. I don't know if Apple's going to do that. But either way, looks aside, the power of this thing is going to be great. And uh, Matt, are you are you looking to replace that iMac Ooh. you've got with an iMac Pro? Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm super excited for this. I mean... We're going to talk about some of the other display options that may be coming in a little bit, but let's just forget those for now. If those don't happen, the Mac iMac Pro is the best way to get into a really good display and also have that power with it. So like we said, I'm getting, you have the 14 inch MacBook Pro. We just ordered my 14 inch MacBook Pro, which should be here in a short few months. Uh, The estimated is the end of February, early March. So it's painful. Has it moved up at all? No, although we did do the business account and I think business account sometimes gets pushed a little earlier. So fingers crossed for that. But uh, but basically, I mean, I'm using I'm going to be using the 14 inch MacBook Pro as a iMac Pro. I just don't have the really good display. So it's like the best of both worlds. So, you know, I was going back and forth knowing that this is probably coming. Should I get the laptop or should I get the desktop? For me, laptop just makes more sense. But. I can always uh, dream of having both, right? So that's kind of that's that's the plan here. I really am excited for this computer, and yeah, I I don't think they're gonna necessarily do a big redesign. What I could maybe see is like the chin is a little smaller or something, but I still think it's gonna be there. Obviously, it's gonna come in like a space gray and silver. Um, I don't think we'll see the colors that we have. I'm okay with that though. Like I said, the iMac design has grown on me quite a bit, so I'm happy with that. If they do end up, you know doing a full redesign on it, then cool. I'm not going to be mad about that. But I think it actually makes more sense to make it, 
you know, fit in with the line because then you have the whole iMac line and it makes sense visually, um, especially if they do some of these Apple displays, which are kind of going to be its own category. You don't necessarily want it to look exactly like those. So making it look like the iMac we have now, I think, I think makes sense. But yeah, I'm excited for this thing. So if the iMac Pro is the computer I want, then the new <laughs> Mac Mini is probably the computer I would most likely get because uh, save some money and basically oh, yeah. get the same thing. So um, also in the rumor mill is a new Mac Mini that's supposed to get redesigned. Could we see some colors and really great ports on the back? Basically, if the iMac is the better incarnation of the MacBook Pro, think of the Mac Mini as sort of all the benefits of the iMac without the display. So this is just the computer, probably M1 Pro or M1 Max. You'd still have a lot of ports on the back. I mean, in theory, the iMac Pro shouldn't be more powerful because doesn't the current Mac Mini, it has a fan in there, right? Yep, it's got a fan. So I guess there's some kind of argument to be made that maybe the thermals of the iMac could be better, but there's also a display there. I guess in theory, let's just say for argument's sake, they're both just as powerful depending on the chip you get. The Mac Mini is also a very compelling offering because if you don't need that display and you already have a really good display, then just buy the computer. You are just buying that box with the processor and the ports and you should be good to go. This is like another one of my dreams that I could, you know, transition my 14-inch MacBook Pro as a real laptop and then just get a Mac Mini for, I don't know, maybe like a fraction of the price, maybe, you know, save a couple hundred bucks and then sort of get that same M1 Max chip inside. Not exactly sure how Apple will market this because traditionally the Mac mini has been sort of the home computer. It's for those who already have the keyboard, the mouse and display B Y K O D right. K -O -D, bring your what, keyboard, yeah. bring your own uh, display keyboard, mouse. display yeah. mouse. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the acronym was, that's sort of how it's been. But now with new Apple Silicon, uh, we've discussed this before. Maybe Apple does either a bunch of options. So maybe you could go from M two all the way up to M one pro max or you just sort of have maybe two configs. I'm not sure how, how Apple's going to do it. This is also, I don't know when it's going to launch, probably sometime in the spring, but in the sort of vein of new Apple Silicon Macs, new Mac Mini is coming, and uh, another one I'm excited for. I don't know which, I'm probably not going to buy any of these, but it's nice to think about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm confused about this M1, or not M1, but this new Mac Mini coming out, because, you know, the rumor is it's going to come in colors, and from what we know, at least now, if it has colors, it's more of a home computer. So I don't see why it would have like a M1 Pro or M1 Max. Obviously, I want that, but I don't see why. Like I don't, I don't actually understand the reason behind that. I could maybe see them doing a separate SKU where it's the Mac Mini Pro or something like that. Maybe I, don't, I mean, that seems like a little much. But yeah, the colors and the Pro performance, it's not sitting well with me. Not that I don't want it. I'm just. I'm I'm a little bit doubtful that this is going to happen, even though we have all the rumors pointing towards it happening. I hope it does, because like you said, this is definitely a computer I would like to have, because like I said, I have this whole computer desktop setup, which we talked about last week in our episode, like our setups and stuff. This would be a perfect thing to slot in here at my desk setup and actually use the laptop as a laptop. That would be perfect. So I, I'm all for this happening. I'm just, mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm not 100% all the way there just because of those colors. In addition to new Apple Silicon Macs, which on their own would definitely fill an event, if not, you know, some more after that. Uh, also, we've got rumors of new iPads. Now, Apple usually does iPad Pro in the spring and then other iPads in the fall. So maybe some of these could be shifted down a bit. But um, new iPad Pro will probably come sometime in the spring, probably at a spring event because this is more event worthy. And uh, again, we've talked about this before. Not a whole lot is really known. We heard it's going to get some kind of redesign. Not exactly sure to what extent. Glass back for wireless charging. And then what, probably the M2 processor inside, maybe the mini LED display on the 11-inch. Um, the iPad Pro is already so good, so it's probably not going to get that much better. Matt, are you, as someone who tends to update your iPad every year, judging by the current rumors, and if it's, let's say it's just M2 that goes in there, are you going to update, or is this one of the years that you just should skip it? Because this kind of seems like it's one of those, eh, like you probably don't need this year's uh, update. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Obviously, if you have the current Mac or iPad Pro, then you're not going to 
need the new one, right? The M1 processor inside is extremely capable to the point where you don't even know the limits of it because iPadOS doesn't let you get there really quite yet. Um, so you're probably not going to actually need to upgrade, but will you want to? And it really comes down to this redesign. Like what? Okay, if it's just a glass back for wireless charging, then probably no. But if that is just the thing that we can guess right now, but there's something else in there too, then maybe it'll there'll be some kind of feature that makes it worthy. We've been racking our brains about what that might be, and we can't really come up with anything. So <laughs> maybe Apple has some better ideas behind the scenes that they that none of us can figure out. I haven't seen anything rumored about anything other than wireless charging. So, I mean, that's kind of not worth it. I mean, I'm a big wireless charging fan, but since I've had the Magic Keyboard, I kind of use that as almost a wireless charging dock. You know, it magnetizes onto the keyboard, which I have plugged in. Uh, charges. I use that as a keyboard if I need to, but if I want to use it as a laptop, I pull it off, always 100% charged. Like it, it, like I have that solution already in my mind, so I don't necessarily like need a wireless charging solution. The only other thing I would think of to not want this at all, which I think would happen just based on, you know, how Apple works, is that there will be a new keyboard, new accessories that I will have to purchase alongside it. And these Magic Keyboards Although they're great and they really transform how you use the iPad Pro, they are expensive. So adding on, you know, 400, 400 bucks after taxes, right? So 400 bucks for a 12.9 inch after taxes on top of the iPad Pro itself, that is a lot to swallow, especially for someone like me who already has the keyboard, right? If I didn't have one and I was going in raw, whatever, then sure. <laughs> but <laughs> then, but I'm, I'm already there. I'm, so it's tough. It's just a lot of money for what? That's the question that they need to answer. What is it for? If they make a compelling reason, I'm all for it. But in terms of just a glass back and wireless charging, eh. Although I say that now, but just watch. I'll, I'll probably go on. <laughs> I mean, to Apple's credit, the iPad Pro as it is right now is already a really good device. Right. Design That's still the problem, looks great. Actually. Accessories are still really good. It's like, what else could they really add? So this is a good problem to have, I guess, because the iPad Pro is already really good. So who knows? Um, other iPads we could see, I guess... Oh. Go ahead. Quick Go ahead. thing quick thing on the iPad Pro, though, is if they bring all of that stuff down to the 11-inch, then there we go. Now we're talking. That's a big update yep. for a lot of people. You get the mini LED display. You get the wireless charging and whatever redesign this is. If that comes to the 11-inch as well, then that's a reason for a lot of people to upgrade because I think a lot of people don't have the 12.9. They have the 11. So that would be a big, big deal because the 11-inch in the last few years has been basically untouched. Yeah, so maybe if last year was the year for the 12.9 to get the big sort of upgrades, because the 11-inch got a little bit of an update, but not much. Maybe the rolls are reversed this year, and the 11-inch gets the mini LED display, and um, the 12.9 kind of remains as it is with the new processor. As someone who owns an 11-inch iPad Pro, I love it, and I'd love a better display, but I just don't know if that alone would get me to upgrade because... The iPad Pro is already so good. There is zero performance issues with the A12Z that's in there. I love the Magic Keyboard. Display still really good. The design, never use the cameras. So that doesn't really matter. Battery life. It's like, I don't know. It's almost so good that I don't need to upgrade for a while, at least for the foreseeable future. It's something I can just hold on to and keep using and using. So um, we'll see if Apple can persuade me in the spring. Um, and then I guess we could talk about the two other iPads that might be getting updates this year, maybe in the spring, maybe in the fall, just because very little is known. Uh, iPad Air and base iPad, probably just spec bumps for both of these. Uh, they already have, uh, you know, the iPad Air is a really good design. Maybe the base iPad could get some kind of redesign, but I think that Apple really wants to focus on the Air and the Pro with that sort of slimmer bezel, uh, more modern design, so they can sort of keep costs down and sort of drive people away from the base iPad. So probably just spec bumps, right, Matt? Anything else to get excited yeah. about? Or it's sort of sort of a, a smaller gear of updates for the iPad in general. Yeah, the, and the base iPad just got a spec bump, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect that until later in the year, honestly, even though we have it in the spring section. Uh, the iPad Air, the only other thing I could think that is plausible they would add is a ProMotion display. I could easily see that coming because that tech has been out forever. Like Apple's had that in the iPad for a really long time at this point. Can't be that much more expensive to put that in there. Throw in the A15 
And well, actually, here's a question. If it does come out in the spring, do you think they will do the A16 like they did when they first announced it? That was a. I feel like that was a weird thing to do. I don't. I feel like the chips are so good that they don't have to. I think that they can easily get away with putting in the A15 in there, and no one's going to bat an eye. Um, that was weird that one year where the chip came to the iPad first before the iPhone. So I guess they could do it either way, but I don't really think that it's necessary. I will say though that I was talking to our podcast editor Alec the other day, who is very much in the Android ecosystem and is sort of peeking his head over the walled garden, looking into the <laughs> Apple ecosystem. And he was telling me that for him, the iPad Air with a ProMotion display, I think, Alec, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the one that he said uh, might tempt him to break into the ecosystem. So maybe, Alec, uh, 2022 is your year with the uh, the new iPad Air. Because it's already it's got a great design, great camera, great processor. Yeah, all that stuff is great. Give us a ProMotion display, and even just with the same... Um, LED screen tech or what is it, Liquid Retina, whatever it is, still a great display, but ProMotion on there, that's the way to go. So, and I think that's going to happen because I think that's rumored that the uh, the iPad Pro 11 inch is going to get the the what's it called XDR display. So yeah. if that does happen, then it makes sense that the iPad Air would not have an XDR but would still have ProMotion. So you kind of get the the best middle ground there. You don't have to pay the premium to get the really good display because a lot of people don't really care about that, but you still get the excellent uh, features of the ProMotion display. So that's my prediction, even though it's not really rumored. I think that's going to happen. Um, I think that's it for the spring, though. Should we move on to summer? Yeah. So between now and uh, June, there's a lot to look forward to. And then uh, yeah, we story. turn the page into a new chapter in June. So Matt, uh, I guess the one thing I forgot to put on this list is, well, I guess not a product, but iOS 16 and iPad OS 16 that yeah. should come. But besides that, what should we be looking forward to uh, that will launch in June? Yeah, so I think in June, obviously, that's when WWDC happens. I would completely expect that we're also going to get a digital event this year as well, just because why not? It's been working out in the past. It seems like like the, the keynotes at least are excellent when they're digital. So I would fully expect WWDC to be digital this year. And I would also expect this to be the time where we see a lot of announcements with not very many releases. That's kind of my guess mm -hmm. here is we're going to get a peek at a lot of stuff that they're working on, a lot of stuff in the pro market and a lot of stuff in the, you know, uh, what's the word? Like <laughs> future products, basically. Yeah. yeah, consumer, but like future stuff. Um, and then, of course, like you said, iOS 16, the next version of Mac OS, all that kind of stuff. I mean, let's get these out of the way first. iOS 16 and Mac OS. We have no idea of what those are going to be. No. Honestly, at this point, I can't even think of what I want. Even for Mac OS, even though Monterey was not very big of an update, I don't know what I would want in terms of features and stuff. So hopefully they can do something and surprise us there, but I'm not expecting much. Um, in terms of products, though, here's the question. So we're expecting the uh, Mac Pro at some point. This would be the last version of an Apple Silicon Mac that they have to, you know, convert from Intel. Mm. Are we going to see it there? And will it be ready, first of all? Like, will it be a, something you could buy like two months, late, two months later? Or are we going to get a sneak peek? Or are they just not going to mention it until it is ready, like later on in the year? I think that they should do what they've done in the past and give us the look at it and just release it later on in the fall, whenever. I mean, the beauty of this whole sort of owning the stack with their own custom silicon is they can accelerate or decelerate the timetable as needed. So if it's ready, maybe it is there and it launches after WWDC, since this is more of a professional-focused uh, device. Or they preview it and say, hey, we're going to have this wrapped up. You can buy it before the end of 2022, and that's sort of how it is. I feel like one way or the other, no one's going to be too upset. No. Um, but I feel no. like if there's one case or one event, rather, to really show off how much you appreciate developers and sort of, you know, what you want to do for them. That is where you show off the new Mac Pro. So hopefully um, I'm betting on a WWDC, at least a, um, what's the word? Not, well, at least a, a, a sneak peek, if you will. Maybe not a release, yeah. but at least we should see it, hopefully. Yeah, that's completely what I'm expecting too. And this is the perfect time to announce it. The only way I could see them not doing that is if it's really not ready. Like if it's not coming until next year, then maybe I can see them not talking about it this year. The other thing though is why I do think that they will do this is because we got some rumors and some word that there's going to be another Intel iMac coming. Uh, not, or sorry, not iMac, Mac Pro, Intel Mac Pro. Um, I don't think it's not a new version, but an update to what we have now, which is, you know, for a lot of people, it was a little confusing because we thought 
in some ways, like why would they update to another Intel processor? Um, because they're obviously full steam ahead on the Apple Silicon transition, so it doesn't make that much sense to keep development going on the Mac Pro. But on the other hand, in my opinion, at least, this actually makes a lot of sense because there are still those pro customers who, yeah, Apple Silicon, I'm sure they're going to be able to show off how much faster it is, but it's just not going to work for their workflows quite yet. So still giving those people the updated Intel processors that they would need for their workflows for the time being. And then I think the way that they will do this is they'll show off that updated Mac Pro um, that we have currently with the new design. And then right after that, immediately, it'll be like, but let's show us, let me show you what we're working on for the future. And then it like shows us a crazy new slim design, like that's all shrunken down. And they're like, also it outperforms the top Intel processor that we just showed you. I think that's what they're going to do. It's coming in December or whatever. It's coming later this year and it doesn't come out till like December 31st or something. But (laughs) I think that's what they're going to do. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they never mention that Intel Mac Pro once. But after the keynote wraps, you go on the Apple website and oh, just so happens they're not calling attention to it. But if you go to order a current Mac Pro, there's a new Intel chip in there that they didn't even mention, but it's there. And I think that... um, like you said, there's so many professional in customers and environments that rely on this that this is a Mac I could be seeing um, for the next two or three years, maybe even longer, that definitely still comes in two configs. You can go Apple Silicon or you can buy an Intel version just because there are so many people who will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars next year and buy Intel Mac Pros. Even though they're older technology, that's just still the technology they need for one reason or another, custom apps, uh, plugins, whatever it is, that's the way they're going to go. So that's definitely something I could see happening and wouldn't be even be surprised if Apple doesn't give it a mention. But oh, surprise, surprise, on the website, uh, yeah, there is a new Intel Mac Pro that's at least there for the next couple of years to sort of satisfy those who want to buy a Mac Pro but aren't ready to make that transition just yeah. yet. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. They might not even mention it. The only reason I think they might is just to give you the juxtaposition of how much better the A1, A1, what are we, steak sauce now? (laughs) Apple Silicon, uh, just to show you like how much better the Apple Silicon version is. That's the only reason I can think of them bringing it up. But yeah, that that makes sense that they might not, it just might be a spec bump on the website. The other thing that I'm thinking of why it makes sense that the Intel Mac Pro is going to stick around for a long time is... Apple had to have known that this was the roadmap, right? When they released the Mac Pro in 2019, there's no way they went through all that development and you know time to make the Mac Pro back then when they knew in two years they were suddenly just going to scrap everything. That doesn't make much sense. So I think this is a computer that's here to stay for the foreseeable future, and it's going to be a computer that nobody really buys except for those really specialized times. And then for everyone else, they're going to have the new version for us that... I mean, honestly, I don't even know what it's going to look like. I wouldn't be surprised if it has a very similar design language, which just is much smaller. I mean, and then there's also the GPU question, which obviously, you know, the GPU, it seems like it's all going to be integrated GPUs going forward. But you would expect for the Mac Pro that maybe they would have something else to, you know, spice it up a little bit more. But we just don't know. So there's a lot of questions there. I'm excited to see it, though. I think I think this might be my first Mac Pro, though. We'd always heard those rumors, and I never know how true they are if um there are stages in apple development that they just are forced to do things they don't want to but they have to do anyways um for example there were those rumors that the airpods max was something that apple sunk a lot of time and money into and like when it went from the concept phase it was exciting then when it was in development and production it wasn't really where they wanted it to be but because they already had sort of that sunk cost into it they sort of released it anyways I also had heard sort of something similar for the Mac Pro that Apple was working on this transition, that they knew where they were headed, but they were still like three or four years away and they knew they needed to do something and they needed to replace that trash can Mac Pro. So I don't know if it was always intended to be a stopgap or not, um, but uh, hopefully we see that new uh, Apple Silicon Mac Pro very soon. And uh, in addition to that, Matt, another Matt-focused product that might be making its way out very soon is an Apple display, a Pro Display XDR Mini, maybe. Interesting rumors on this. We've talked about this before as well. Um, Some rumors suggested that Apple was working with LG, and LG was going to make a series of new monitors for Macs. And then there are other rumors that suggest that Apple is working on at least one monitor of their own. That is not the size of the Pro Display XDR. Maybe it's 27 inches, 
Um, but uh, maybe it's promotion, maybe it's mini LED display. And according to Mark Gurman, sort of the uh, magic number here is it's like half the price. It's 2,500 bucks for this right. new Apple monitor. So how excited are you, Matt, for a $2,500 Apple Pro display? Oh, I'm pumped. I'm ready to see what their new versions are. So, I'm, and I guess the rumor is, yeah, we're going to see this like cheaper version cheaper quote unquote leave it to apple to uh make 2500 bucks seem like a steal hmm. uh, but um we're gonna have that one but also an update to the xdr that we have now right that's the current rumor mm -hmm. so i would expect in that top end model uh promotion probably more led uh dimming zones because right now the 14 inch and 16 inch macbook pro and the ipad pro for that matter i think are better technically mm -hmm. than the um, pro display XDR. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there's even something else that they would add to that. Just to really hit it home that this is the pro display rather than just the display. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's called the Apple display 27 inch. And then they have the pro display XDR that, that naming scheme makes sense to me. I'm also the kind of person though. Here's my issue is that, yeah, they might come out with this more affordable model, but I'm still going to want that XDR. <laughs> That's my problem. That so, 32 inch one is going to be that much better. I know. I, I, well, that's the question though. So this, uh, 27 inches, it's going to be mini led most likely. Right. So, uh, uh the info has I been mean, so scarce. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming mini led, um, maybe promotion, maybe not. Maybe promotion is just one of the bigger, uh, deciding factors between the cheaper one, quote unquote, and the bigger one. Maybe only the pro display XDR has promotion. I'm not sure how they're going to separate this or if they wanted to be good guy, Apple, they would make them identical and just 132 inches and 127 inches. And sort of you're paying for that bigger display. Right. That, that would be one way to do it. And that, that would make me get the smaller one. Cause I could live with 27 inches cause that's what I'm using now. So I'm perfectly happy with that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm just trying to think of what would differentiate these computers because, or not computers, these monitors, because if it is mini led, then great. But that means it's going to be a worse mini led. Maybe at this point, like the panel for the pro display XDR that we currently have is more affordable. So they can kind of get the 27 inch version of that and squeeze that into the, um, the Apple display as they might call it the 27 inch model. I think that makes sense. So you're still getting great performance, but it's not quite as many dimming zones. It's not promotion. You know, it, it's just kind of shrunken down to that 27 inch size. I think that makes sense. And then you get all the new features in the the bigger one. I think that's the only way I can see there being a big differentiation between them besides just price. Yeah. And then I guess the other question is, what do we think the design of this will be? Do we think it'll be kind of what they did in the past when they had the cinema displays, which was it kind of is an iMac, but without a chin? Do you think that's what we're going to see? I hope they just shrink down the Pro Display XDR. That display looks so good. Just give me that exact same design in a smaller package and call it a day. And I feel like everybody would be happy. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I like the Pro Display XDR design, but at the same time, getting something super thin like the iMac, but without the chin, I'm also for that too. That That is very cool. Um, and I guess here, I think if we get a mini LED display, well, actually, here's another way to look at this. Whatever we get in the iMac Pro, whatever that display is, I would assume that's what the display is going to be in the mm -hmm. uh, in the Apple display 27-inch. 20, so I think we're going to know the answer very quickly about what we're going to see. Um, hopefully in the spring we'll get that answer. But uh, either way, I'm excited that they're getting back into this space. This is one of those spaces that, you know, Apple always made the best displays. Oh, I guess I called it the cinema display, but I guess it was a Thunderbolt display at the end there. Um the Thunderbolt display and the cinema display before that was always kind of an industry standard for a lot of people. Like this was, you can get this, it's a reliable monitor. Is it the most high quality? Obviously not, but is it the, is it something that you're not gonna be able to use? No, this is an excellent monitor. Um, and I think a lot of people were sad when they pulled out of that market. And I think we can all, uh, we can all say that we're very happy. They're going to be bringing a more affordable option. I mean, I guess maybe adjusted for inflation, like the price is probably the same as the Thunderbolt display was back in the day. What I would love though, if Apple wanted to be the good guy, Apple, what I would love is just release the 27 inch iMac pro with target display mode. So then no you could just buy the cheapest 27-inch iMac. And then I guess for those who don't know, Apple used to, I don't know if it was with all models, but at least for a certain time, it was feature yeah, called... Yeah, I think it was all models until the 5K display. It was this feature called Target Disk Mode where you could use the iMac as a monitor. 
So in a lot of cases, like let's say Apple was to release this new lineup and the cheapest 27-inch iMac with the M1 Pro was 2000 and the uh, Apple Pro 27-inch monitor was 2500 Well, if you could save 500 bucks and just buy an iMac and get the same display, that'd be the way to go. And you'd sort of get a computer in there as sort of a benefit if you ever need to use it. But probably not something Apple's going to do because too many people would utilize that. I wonder why they removed that. I wonder if there was a technical limitation. I think limitation. there was a technical limitation. Yeah, yeah I think so. so I'm sad. sure that's something they could fix now with Thunderbolt 4, but uh, they just didn't. <laughs> so the other product, Matt, this elusive product that just keeps making headlines and is the buzzword of 2022, it's the Apple headset, the mixed reality AR VR headset. Um, couple of rumors on this. So the... Uh, sort of prominent theory right now is that we could see this announced at WWDC, that Apple would finally show off what they've been working on, here's what it can do, here's the price, here's all the cool stuff, and then a couple of theories on when we could see it. Some theories have suggested that we don't see this until 2023. So we see sort of a preview, but Apple still needs time to actually make these things and uh, get them out the door and get them ready uh, next year. There have been some new rumors, I think, by our friend Ming-Chi Kuo, renowned Apple analyst, that said that there will be a limited supply of them actually ready in 2022. When in the year, we don't know, uh, but there have been some rumors that suggest that we could see them launch and be announced in the same year. I mean... I'm excited. At this point, I just want to see it. It's like one of those things we talk about and talk about, and there's rumors on what it could do or how much it could cost. We just don't know. So uh, I hope that Apple sort of shows this off at WWDC, but do you think that we will see it available to buy this year, or is this something we don't see till next year? Uh, I mean, it's tough. So I think here's here's what I'm thinking. If, if the product itself will be available in 20, 2023, so next year, then I do think we will see it at WWDC for one main reason, because developers will need to work on everything to make this work. Because without developers and without third-party apps and all that, it's, I mean, this is going to be a very boring device, most likely. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things we don't know about it. But in my opinion, there, we need the third-party development to go on, on to that. So I think that they will show this off, say this is what we're working on, and here's our developer kit, AR kit. Uh, your AR kit that you already built into your iPhone apps now transfers over. There's just a few things you need to do. So here, go do it and start testing and making sure it all works well. And then, yeah, the question is, though, will we actually see this to buy for the consumer in 2022 or 2023? Man, I don't know. It's I, I think the biggest thing is I have no idea what this thing is. Like that's I, we we've heard so much about it. We've seen these renders and rumors, but like we don't know. Now I think the latest rumors is it's gonna have three displays and it's gonna have this M equivalent processor and still so much is unknown. I, I can't wait to see it. Like this is one of those things, and we've talked about this. Um, if you want to get on sort of the ground floor of Apple entering into a product for the first time, like the first iPod, iPad, iPhone, Apple Watch, this is it. This is supposed to be the next big thing. So save your money now, though, because it's expected to be, I think, what, like 2000 3000 bucks. It's not going to be cheap. I think 2000 starting. So yeah. be prepared to spend some money, uh, but uh, this should be, you know, sort of the next generation of Apple. So I'm, I'm excited. I, there's not much else to say because we just don't know anything else. Yeah, I mean, and then it's it's weird because we are also expecting at some point, I don't think this year or anything, but the Apple glasses, which I guess are still considered two different products. We have this headset that we're expecting in 2022 slash 2023. And then they're apparently working on glasses as well, which is a strictly AR instead of VR mixed reality with AR. Um, and, you know, another thing, though, that's still confusing me is Apple's never done VR. They've always done AR. So that's a whole different thing that they have to sort out as well. Like, I, I mean, I guess in, in AR or VR, sorry, um, that you could just watch videos and that kind of like consume content basically and be in the metaverse or whatever, I guess. But AR is what's exciting me about this product. And I just don't know how it works with the mixed reality headset because in terms of all the renders and leaks that we've seen so far, which is not very much, but from what we have seen, I'm not wearing this thing out in public. So <laughs> unless it's really good for like a desk environment where I can like have a, a virtual monitor that's, you know, 40 inches instead of 32 inches and actually looks good because I think it's rumored that there's going to be 8K displays inside. Mm -hmm. So, you know, merge those together and maybe we get one 4K display, which is looks really nice. I mean, I'm excited for this. I just, there's so many questions. This okay. is. Okay. Now yeah, I'm thinking, I've got, now you got me thinking about like this dream scenario where you have this blank desk, but man, you put on the headset 
and then you can make the monitor as big as you want. So imagine you're editing in Final yeah. Cut and like this hundred inch display or these. Exactly. I mean, the possibilities here are very exciting. It's just well, like, what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have the Oculus Quest 2, and you could do that already. You can have a virtual desktop, and you could do all kinds of stuff on it. And it works, but the, the resolution's not very good, and, I mean, you're still wearing a headset. That's kind of the problem. Like, you could feel that you're wearing a headset, and it works. It's very cool, and I, I definitely see where it's going. Um, I think Ben Geskin, who does a bunch of uh, renders and stuff, he posted a little while ago, like, his thoughts of what this would look like, and he has, like, a his desktop and everything, and, like, you look down, and there's other stuff on your desk, and it, it's a very cool idea, and I think it's definitely going to happen with this headset. There's also, I think, I'm trying to think of where I heard this, but there's this kind of idea that the goal for Apple, or maybe not the, the express goal, but a goal, is that you no longer need like a MacBook Pro or an iPhone or a iPad. It's that you have this mixed reality headset or at some point AR glasses and you have kind of a, I guess it would be considered an iPhone, but like a computer in your pocket that it connects to. And no matter where you go, you see a blank wall. Well, that is now your computer. You see a desk. Well, that is now your workstation. All because it's all in AR and none of it matters really. You just need, I guess, for, for some physical input, you'd probably want a mouse and a keyboard just for us legacy users. But I mean, think about in 10 years, do they are they really going to care about a mouse and keyboard that much? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of questions. This is this is the frontier. There's so many things that need to be answered. I'm just hoping that we actually get a glimpse of it this year. I hope so. I hope WWDC is finally the time we sort of get a little preview of this. And uh, that will make for a, uh, a pretty exciting summer. Hopefully June, July, oh, August, yeah, enough, to, enough to tide us over. And then the fall, sort of the last chapter of Apple's product release cycle of the year in uh, September, October, November, and December. Um, we should see all the basic stuff you'd to think about so oh, i14 old apple watch <laughs> and um what else so uh, iphone apple watch and then oh airpods pro 2 which we could start with this because this is exciting uh numerous suggests that it's going to support wireless lossless audio yep. so currently no airpods currently could i say that twice whatever it is airpods <laughs> no current airpods support lossless audio even the airpods max the creme de la creme expensive ones don't um but these new AirPods Pro 2 will. And the theory is that Apple is going to either ditch Bluetooth altogether or Frankenstein, a combination, or like switch to something like AirPlay or their own proprietary codec that can do this higher bit rate, higher bandwidth stream from your phone to um, the AirPods Pro 2, which is really exciting. I'm all for that. And I was trying to think, what's the downside to this? Why hasn't Apple done this before? And I guess the only thing that comes to mind is that, well, if you're not using an iPhone that supports it or you're using Android or you're using anything else that does sort of regular Bluetooth stuff, you'd sort of lose support for that. So I guess I wouldn't be surprised, and Matt, maybe curious if you agree with me or not. Do you think this has both Bluetooth and AirPlay support? So when you um, are connected to a modern iPhone or a Mac to get the high quality lossless experience, it connects over AirPlay, but then it also has regular Bluetooth built in for connecting to other things. How do you think Apple's going to do it with AirPods Pro 2? Yeah, I mean, I remember back when the AirPod when they uh, announced that they were going to do lossless and Apple Music, there was a lot of hubbub about. I think even John Prosser said that an mm -hmm. update was coming yep. that would bring lossless or like a AirPlay to the uh, AirPods Max. So obviously they've been working on this. We also heard in this news that apparently some Apple engineers who are working on this are complaining that Bluetooth is not giving them what they want. So yes, I think this is coming. But I think it still has to have Bluetooth. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, okay. It, I guess it would work with all of Apple's devices out of the box, right? Because everything has AirPlay already. So it would mm -hmm. probably work uh, no matter what kind of device you have. If it works with AirPods, I'm sure it would work with AirPlay. Um, so that's that. But, yeah, it wouldn't work with third-party accessories, which I don't know if Apple really cares about that, though. They have the Beats line if you want that. Like, if you guys are on the Android train, go get the Beats. We don't care about you. <laughs> um but yeah, so I'm, I I hope it has both just because personally, I like that convenience. I don't switch my AirPods to an Android device often at all, but on the off chance, I mean, it would be nice to do that. So uh, I don't know I, if there's any place to do it, though, I guess the AirPods Pro 2 makes sense. Although there's the other argument, like, do I really need lossless in these AirPods Pro? Like, 
they don't sound that I mean they sound good to me but they're not lossless or anything like I'm not gonna be listening for hours on this like for the best quality but maybe who knows maybe like they update the drivers and they have the lossless support and it just sounds excellent I don't know it's possible I guess I guess the other thing we had heard too is that we could see a new design that kind of shortens the stem a bit so it's more yeah that's like, gone back and forth right but yeah. I think now the leading rumor is that it is going to be a new design yeah like the uh, Beats Fit Pro kind of like a yeah. shorter stem or no stem and then what's most exciting to me is the case should be the same but it'll have a built, uh, built in speaker so you can actually like ping it and find it with the uh, Find My app because right now finding these is sort of worthless if they're in the case they don't update their last location. You can't play a sound really. So if there's a speaker on the case, that would solve that problem. I don't know why Apple didn't do that before, but that is what I'm most excited for. I, I, whatever it is, like I said before, I have used these since launch day in October of 2019. So probably three years will uh, pass between the first gen and the second gen. I have gotten my use out of these every single day that for 260 bucks, 300 bucks, totally worth it. $100 a year, whatever that breaks down to a day to use some fantastic wireless headphones or earbuds. I'm all for it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. They, these are one of my favorite products that Apple's ever announced. So I'm excited to see what they do with the new version. I guess real quick, just kind of in the AirPods vein, one wild card that we were kind of pondering was, we kind of mentioned it, AirPods Max. I don't think we're going to see an update to these. Although I could see that rumored, the John Prosser rumor of these getting an update that give them that lossless mm -hmm. ability. If they're not going to do a full update to these, which apparently they're not, this is like a one-off thing, like almost like the HomePod, the original HomePod. This is what it is, and they're going to keep it around for a little bit, and then who knows what happens to them. But I would not be surprised to see lossless support, or at the very least, like over lightning lossless support. Like some, yeah. I mean, like give us something. You can't have the five hundred and fifty dollar headphones not support lossless, but then your in-ear earbuds support it. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that. But no actual update to that. I would like to be a uh, I would like to be um, surprised by that, but that's not what I'm expecting. All right, let's talk about, I mean, iPhone 14. We've talked about iPhone 14 a bunch. Yeah. N the new design, this, well, I mean, it goes back and forth. It's still a little early to know exactly what we're going to see, but kind of the iPhone 4 design, so a sandwich of glass between titanium um, on at least one model. So, you know, there's going to be multiple models of this, but in the kind of highest end version, the titanium for the band instead of stainless steel, no notch. Although I saw a report today that maybe there is going to be a notch. So, I mean, it goes back and forth, but it's going to be a new design of the iPhone 14. We'll be talking about that plenty more hmm. as we oh, go yeah. on. So I think, I think we'll just leave that there for now. <laughs> it's the, it's the newest iPhone. Um, the other thing though, where we are going to see some new stuff is with the Apple watch. So Apple watch series eight, which I think we could both agree is going to basically look the same as what we have now. I'm actually, unfortunately, yeah, oh, man. so not going to be that squared squared off design, which we were expecting with the Series 7. Now that we got the semi-new design for the Series 7, that's probably going to be here for at least three generations. That would be my guess. But what is supposed to be new is first an updated Apple Watch SE and also an Apple Watch Sport Edition. And this mm. would be a rugged model that would be for those adventurous types. Those are people who are outdoors or in places where the Apple Watch might get damaged. This would be a tougher version for those situations, which uh, I'm excited for. And I think the uh, that that makes a lot of sense. I, th I know, trying to think, I mean, this wasn't a watch, but the... Um, Samsung used to make the rugged edition of the phones. So they had like the mm -hmm. Galaxy S8. Yep. Active. I forgot what it was called. Active. There you go. And that was basically like a case that was pre-built into the phone. I expect basically the same thing, almost like a G-Shock, but with an Apple Watch inside. I so remember that makes sense. when I first started at Techno Buffalo with John Rettinger when I was an intern there, one of the videos we did was dropping... Was it the S6 Active, whatever it was? We like put it on a drone and like flew it up and like would just drop it multiple times to try to break it. That was a fun video and to kind of show off the durability of those phones. Um, but I, what I'm curious about is when Apple says Active Edition or Rugged Edition, what do they mean by that? Is that like the Nike Edition where it's like the same? Apple Watch, but like you're getting a special like casing around it, like a special band that can be removed and sort of taken off, like. Do you think it's that, or do you think that this is like an actual like different material, different casing, different screen technology to sort of be a little bit more uh, resistive to scratches and dings? How much of an extent uh, do you think Apple will redesign this to sort of uh, meet that uh, 
active or rugged marketing uh, sort of characteristic. Yeah, I mean, when I think of this, I don't think of it as like a sport ed- or sorry, a Nike edition because the Nike edition is just the same exact watch. It just has like a few different watch faces and comes with a different band. So that's the same watch. It just they Nike paid to have some more stuff on it. <laughs> I think when I think of this, I do think of a completely new or not new, but a, a more ruggedized case. So probably a different material, like maybe even maybe it even is made out of plastic mm-hmm. or rubber. Um, and then. Like maybe it does have the um, sapphire crystal on there so that it's scratch resistant. Um, And then it does. And then it probably will come with a more rugged band. That's the way I think of it. And you have it written down here that it's the Apple Watch Sport Edition. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but the Sport Edition makes sense because when they they probably already have that trademark because with the first Apple Watch, the aluminum was called the Sport Edition. Mm, yep. But there was really nothing sport about it other than it was cheaper, basically. Um, so I could easily see that being revived. And this is now the rugged version. And it's for those people who are active. They want something that's not going to break on their wrist. But at the same time, like... Yeah, I don't know what that really means. You're right. I never really thought about it too much, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure what that really means. Well, it's weird because we had heard this theory. There was a rumor that there was going to be three sizes of the Apple Watch display in 2022. So you'd have the... Yeah. What is it now, man? It's 40... What what are the sizes? 45, 45 41. 41. And then there'd be a third one. And there was a theory that, okay, this third one is like the special edition of the rugged uh, or active, whatever Apple calls it. But... I don't know how well that would actually sell. So why would they produce a whole separate model just for that? In my mind, it makes sense that like the Nike edition, when you order the active edition or the rugged edition, you're basically getting like this special casing. Maybe it's got like this new casing that sort of wraps around the watch. So it's like kind of rubbery and it's protective and then you can take it off. It just doesn't make sense for Apple to make and sort of produce this whole separate Apple Watch edition for a very small market. Hopefully they learn their lesson like with the gold edition and the ceramic (laughs) and other stuff. Apple has made these special materials in limited quantities, but it never really lasts that long. So I'm not sure what this will be. My bigger question for you, Matt, though, is with Apple Watch SE 2. And my question is this. Will it have an always-on display? Because I feel like if it does, it's almost game over for everything else because... That is the one reason why I have recommended people not to get the SE is for people who want the always on display. If it has that though, then why even buy the six or the seven or the eight? Because the SE two is going to be the perfect watch for everybody. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm trying to think of what else they would add because so it's a SE two. So I mean the processor since the SE hasn't really changed much. So that wouldn't be a big deal. The health sensors, I would see them maybe adding ECG or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, and then, yeah, the always-on display, which it's the size of the Series 4 and the Series 5 and 6, which is the same size, had the always-on display, so they could easily transfer that in. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that because I'm just trying to think of what else they would put in there that would make it different. I guess they would, they could redesign it in some way, but I don't see that happening. That's way too much money for them to yeah. invest up front. I mean, know? I feel like if the SE right now is basically the Series 4 rebranded, this would just be right. the Series 5 rebranded. But right. I just don't know if... If it always, if it does have what the Series Five has, which was uh, mainly the always on display, I think like the new altimeter or whatever else it was, basically always on display. Yeah, compass, yeah. Do you think that that would draw too many people away from the eight or the seven? Because once you get there, you've got what an extra millimeter of screen. You've got a couple other health features, but I feel like the SE is going to be a better value proposition for most people. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I would agree, but I also think maybe that's already happening with the SE. I think mm. the SE is actually very popular. Yep. Um, I know a lot of people who have bought it because it is the most affordable. It's pretty. I mean, it's a pretty good deal for what Sub you're getting. Sub three hundred, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, yes, it would probably cannibalize a lot of the top watch sales, but at the same time, it's like I think that's already happening. And if I think the eight, the series seven and the series eight is for those people who want those different materials. Really? I think that's what it is. Although wait, does the series seven, no, sorry. The SE currently, does that come in like stainless steel? I can't remember. No, it's so SE is only aluminum. It's, I think it comes in a couple different colors. I think it only comes in one screen size, man. It's been so long. I'm looking I've, it up. I think it's only one Apple screen size, Let's right? Go. I pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty doing sure. a live look, uh, but I know no, like no way, no. It's got to come in the smaller screen size. No, I think it. I think it only comes in the smaller screen size, right? 
No, no, it's no. been forever you, since I looked. You can I've get looked. a regular size. All right, here we are. I got it up here on the screen. So we have, uh, yes, only aluminum, but all the different colors of aluminum. Mm-hmm. Um, it also comes in uh, at. Okay, no, now I'm confused. Let me just click this one and go in there. See what I can get. So 40 or 44 millimeter, so you get both sizes, and GPS or GPS plus cellular, but only comes in aluminum. So there you go. That answers that. So point being that I think for most people, the Series 7 or the Series 8 is really for those other materials mm-hmm. um, and the people who care about the watch. But if you just want like a smart watch that you use for fitness tracking and stuff like that, the SE makes a lot of sense. And I think the sales probably back that up. That's why I feel dumb that I have the aluminum Series 7. It's like I might as well just <laughs> got to upgrade the materials or maybe with the Series 8. Um, but uh, I know people, so my wife has an SE, so many people have an SE, they love it because it's got all the benefits of the Apple Watch without a lot of the price increases of the higher end ones. It's just that always on display that I feel like would be nice because I know for me that was a big game changer. So hopefully we see that. And I mean, I we've it. spent the past hour <laughs> kind of going through Apple, everything Apple has for 2022. It's going to be a very big year. I think that a lot of the stuff we saw in the spring, we talked about for the spring, probably sprinkled out throughout the year because that's way too much for the beginning of the year. But Matt, super exciting 2022. We can't wait. Just uh, now we just got to wait for that first event to happen. And then that sort of should sort of kick off a very exciting year. Yep. And I'm sure as we get closer to the spring events, so... I would expect probably the first one in March. That's usually when it happens. As we approach that, we are going to see more and more leaks. So hopefully we get a better idea of what what we're going to see. But yeah, it's going to be exciting. Lots of stuff. Lots of money, unfortunately. This Mm -hmm. is going to be an expensive year if there ever was one. Um, But hey, I'm here for it. We'll be talking about everything as it goes along. So 2022 preview. Thanks for watching. And we'll uh, we'll see you next week.